This team traded up to the number one pick to take the player they think is going to be a part of their future. We're previewing the Atlanta Dream today with Spencer Nussbaum. This is Locked On Women's Basketball. You are Locked On Women's Basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Locked On Women's Basketball here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Alex Simon here stepping in as a little pinch hitter for Howard today to give him an actual life every now and then because he's so dedicated to this. Here joined by the Atlanta Dream Reporter for the next hoops, Spencer Nussbaum. Spencer, how are you doing today? I am terrific. I'm ready to talk about Atlanta. I'm ready to see you step in for Howard. As you said, you know, I'm not sure he gets too many hours off, so I'm sure this is a blessing for him. He has had quite the busy day, and he covers so many different things. It does so many wonderful things. You should definitely go check out what he just reported for The Nine, because he has a bit of breaking news over there that I will tease here and leave at that. But he is so dedicated to the next and bringing people like you aboard, Spencer, to cover so many of the fascinating stories and teams in the WNBA. And you have had maybe the most uh, newsworthy team in the last calendar year in terms of the Atlanta dream, maybe not necessarily on the court newsworthy, but certainly they've had plenty for you to deal with off the court in the last 12 months. Haven't they? Yeah. I mean, outside of DT punching a door, I'm not sure it's more newsy than everything that's happened in Atlanta over the past year. You think about, you know, the suspension of Kennedy, you think about trading for the number one pick, the you know infamous fight outside of the club, outside of the, you know, the uh, tenders and bites food truck. Uh, there's so yeah. much to cover that I'm not sure we even have the time today go, to go over all of it, but it's been a blast reporting on this team. You, you can never go wrong in having a story pop that is a fight outside of a food truck, in my opinion. Those are always fascinating and interesting. And look, you and the calendar year that this has been have talked to four different head coaches of the Atlanta Dream at this point. That's the part I think that, you know, we knew there was going to be changes coming into this off season, but they have almost completely wiped the entire slate clean, almost throughout the entire organization, new head coach, new general manager, almost an entirely new roster. Just how has it been kind of knowing as the season was ending last year and coming into this se- this off season, now getting close to this season, how different does it feel right now? It feels entirely different. I think a big aspect of that is just the fact that there's people who are actually running the show that aren't in ownership. When we think about, you know, how things transpired last year, all the decisions were basically being made by the, you know, the three-person ownership group in conjunction with these coaches. And now you have, you know, a two-time, the last two, actually, uh, WNBA Executive of the Year and Dan Padover, a new head coach and Tanisha Wright. Um, so it really feels like it's an entire, entirely different organizational culture. Um, you look at the players who are still there, you know, Tiffany Hayes and Monique Billings are basically the main holdovers from the, the last era of the Atlanta Dream. Um, and while they've played a, a huge role in getting Atlanta to this point, um, you know, there, there's eight-ish new faces on the roster. Um, it's an entirely different atmosphere, and it's something that is kind of hard to grapple with because you you want to talk about what happened in Atlanta last season but it's like they're turning over a new leaf now 
And there's frankly not really anybody around from last season to talk about what it was like in Atlanta last season. I think, if I'm not mistaken, Tiffany Hayes, Tip Hayes is back, and it's basically just her amongst players who were major contributors to their roster last season. Yeah, that's effectively it. I mean, if you want to include Monique Billings, you can. I, I think she did play a valuable role for her team last year. But again, Tiffany Hayes is still overseas right now. So um, when you look at training camp, it's basically Monique Billings, Ari McDonald, who didn't play that much, and, and that's it. Um, the Dream were an awful team last year, and I, I think that that's something that's been stressed over and over, um, something that's quantifiable in a number of ways. But uh, it, it really does seem like even if this team isn't going to do a lot better than it did last year, it's going to look wildly different. Well, and I think the biggest key would have been the player that everybody thought was the face of the dream last season, which is Kennedy Carter. And we've referenced her at least once or twice now, but the dream did not surprisingly do anything with Kennedy in some of the time that people thought maybe there would be some movement that got through the entire month of January, where you can be talking to people and talking to teams and maybe making trades and didn't. But then it was February 5th where they finally did actually make a move with Kennedy and traded her to the LA Sparks for Erica Wheeler and the Sparks first round pick. Uh, I know you've definitely written about this thoroughly and it's a couple of months old, but I still think that is kind of the inflection point of the entire offseason out of two that they ended up having and they've made two big trades. So we'll get to the second one. But just still kind of now that you're into this new season and into this, how much has that kind of emphasized that change that's coming for them in your eyes? I think it has a lot. Um, The dream, the most important thing for them is establishing the young core that they have. Kennedy Carter has the potential to be one of the two or three best guards in this league, whether she can stay on the court, whether she can find a role in Los Angeles or anywhere in the future. You know, that remains to be seen. But Kennedy has the potential to be, you know, one of the two or three players that turns a franchise around. And Atlanta lost that player. Um, that That's a hard reset for a franchise that, you know, hasn't made the playoffs in, in several years, um, which is, again, why you see them going kind of in this new direction, as well, I'm sure we'll touch on in a bit with Ryan Howard. But um, it, it is an entirely different culture when you think about, you know, they were centering things around Kennedy uh, to an extent, Courtney Williams and, and Tiffany Hayes, that three-player attack was really strong at the start of last season, but it, it just isn't something that was going to work, you know, in the, in the long-term future. So it, it's definitely a, a new environment, and, and they did lose, in my opinion, their most talented player. Um, not necessarily their best player, their most productive player, but definitely the one with the highest ceiling. And especially you can see ways in which if you watch some of the film from early last season, there was ways that it was working on the court, but it can only work so well on the court if it's not working off the court. And it seems pretty clear that given everything that happened in Atlanta in the last, I guess, literal calendar year at this point, there was enough not working off the court that a complete factory reset basically needs to happen. And that is what's happened here in Atlanta. Right. And that's again what what Dan Padover, the the general manager, kind of emphasized. He wanted Kennedy to have this fresh start, and he wanted the franchise to have a fresh start. Um, you know, the the team started off four and two last year. They won four of their final twenty six games, I believe. They had a rough stretch, and a lot of that was without Kennedy. Um, they're going to have rough stretches again this year, but like I said before, it's a new leaf for the franchise, and and something that I think they're excited to kind of you know, move on with, even though Kennedy is so, so talented. 
And a fresh start can be beneficial for both. And another fresh start that can be beneficial for you if you haven't given it a chance yet are Built Bars. Have you tried the Puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of the best tasting bars that Built Bar has ever made. Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy. They're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar. They're a treat. They're a fan favorite. They have some incredible flavors. The marshmallow ones in particular have 100% real chocolate. If you go to built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off of your order. Once again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off of your order at built.com. Built bars, they're all about the taste over there. To kind of get to where that looks into the future off of looking at where their moves were, they then made a second trade, the Atlanta Dream did, that was very obvious at the time, even if not official, they were going to go for Ryan Howard. And I personally thought it was a very fascinating decision. Before you even get to Ryan Howard, the player, the idea that the dream had kind of started to stockpile two essentially lottery picks potentially by taking on LA, they're betting against LA working in that regard. There was a chance that they could have two out of the four lottery picks in the 2023 draft, which has maybe the best player in all of college basketball, even counting this group that just went to the draft in Aaliyah Boston. And you would have two potential track setter. I guess, what did you kind of take as the dream reporter of them saying, we actually think Ryan is the person we need to make a move for and giving away that Sparks first round pick to go get Ryan? Right. As you said, it was a trade that at first confounded me. And it, it took me a while to... I guess, get on board with the sort of thinking that the dream are, are approaching this with um, the way that I would think about it. Cause again, you, you've given away eff- effectively this off season. The trade was Kennedy Carter, um, an overseas player. And I guess Shakira Austin for uh, Erica Wheeler and Ryan Howard. Um, mm-hmm. Again, when you think of maybe this draft and uh, next year's draft, if I were to go into Dan's head, if I were to go into Atlanta's head and I said, okay, who are the foundational pieces in these next two drafts? I would say it's probably Ryan Howard, Leah Boston, Haley Jones. Um, I think Atlanta wanted to make sure that they secured at least one of those players. And I think if they hadn't made that trade uh, up for the number one pick this season, you could be looking at a situation where they get zero of those three players. Um, We don't know how good LA is going to be next year. We certainly don't know if Atlanta, Atlanta will likely have, you know, the, the top or the second odds at securing a number one or a number two pick next year. But, you know, we saw the Mystics got the, the number one pick this year. You know, anything can happen in the lottery. So I think the abilities to secure Ryan Howard as a foundational piece for their roster and then, you know, still having, you know, decent odds at, at snagging a, a top two pick next year is certainly something that um, I, I think the dream were calculated in making this decision. If you, when you put it like that, it actually even changes the way I thought of it. Cause for a while, I still would have said, look, if you could possibly get both Jones and Boston, but especially Boston next season, it seems like taking two chances in a 14 lottery seems like the way to go, especially given the fact that the Sparks missed the playoffs last year. They've completely overhauled their roster. And you're looking at a possibility of 10 teams really in what I would call go for it mode this season when there's only eight playoff spots. So two teams are going to miss the playoffs who think they're going to be contenders and try for playoff spots this year. Is there a way in which kind of what happened to the dream last season with Kennedy Carter happens to the sparks? And you can even throw on a player in Liz Cambage, who I think it would be charitable to say is um, 
a unique individual in the WNBA, but could in theory cause some of those same problems? Absolutely. I think there is a lot of smart people in the WNBA world who could bet against the Sparks and say that is a wise bet to make for them to miss the playoffs, especially as a team that missed the playoffs last season. The lottery is tied to set the odds across two seasons. So the Sparks being as poor as they were last year, the Dream being as poor as they were last year, if both missed the playoffs this year, it would help both of their odds. But the way that you talk about the idea that, hey, we got to get one of these players. We might not be able to get two next year, but we get one now and we maybe get one more next year. I think that's brilliant. And especially because Ryan is such a talented player. Exactly. I I will say if Mike Tebow gets his hands on Aaliyah Boston next year, this trade is absolutely a loss. But I think you have to kind of play the percentages. And when you're able to get that foundational player and Ryan Howard, who, you know, the the more I dig into the film, the more I dig into, you know, what you've seen from her on the court, it it is a player that you do not want to pass up on, especially, you know, with the direction that the league is going. Yeah. And look, that's the way trades work. You got to make them in the moment. You're trading away assets that you don't necessarily even know what's going to happen with them in the future. And you got to take risks. That's all trades are. The dream of taking the risk that we think we're better without Kennedy Carter than we are with her. And you made the trade with the Sparks. They've made this trade of, we think we'll be better in the long run with Ryan Howard than maybe waiting to see if that Sparks team doesn't make the playoffs and is a lottery team. And then their lottery pick becomes number one. Hey, if that happens, so it goes. But I think it's a wise thing. And you kind of mentioned the more you watch Ryan play, and especially when you kind of translate it into what she's going to be able to do with better teammates around her, but what she's already been able to do in a pretty competitive SEC, I have to imagine the dream were just thrilled to be able to say, we got her and let's take her and run. Absolutely. And again, as we talked about before, I think that it's hard to compare the dream team that we're going to see, you know, in the year ahead from the one we saw in the past, but the, the prominent issues with the dream, you know, on the court, you can go as far as you want off the court, but on the court, I mean, the, the issues were a lack of shot creation, a lack of, you know, help defense, especially on the perimeter. And, and these are areas where Ryan Howard shines. Um, the dream, I believe, were one in 17 or one in 18, I believe one in 17 uh, when they trailed after the first half uh, last season between July 2nd and September 2nd last year. They did not win a game. They did not beat a team with a winning record last season. Um, these are all sort of like big, big picture issues that the dream needs to tackle. And these are the sort of situations where you're going to have a player like Ryan Howard step in and say, okay, you know, this might not necessarily be her team yet, but two or three years down the line, you're not going to see these sort of similar figures. Um, She's the sort of player who you want in there in crunch time, because that's something that Atlanta simply missed last season. They had, you know, moments where Courtney Williams would shine. They had moments where Kennedy or, or Tiffany would shine, but, they didn't really have that that young player who was going to be on the court for the entire season um, in the way that they hoped they would have with Kennedy. And so Ryan Howard at, at 6'2", um, a, a huge guard, is someone who is a foundational piece you know, for this franchise and, and something that I know that they're you know looking forward to having for the years ahead. And I can also make the argument, and I would love to hear your thoughts on this, this might actually be the best thing for Ryan too because of the fact that if the trade doesn't happen and she's with the Mystics, she might not be on the floor in those crunch time moments for a team in Washington that was clearly in go for it with Elena Deladon and go for it all right now. Could you kind of go through the growing pains that a player like Howard 
in her rookie season will almost assuredly go through. I'm not sure. But in Atlanta, you absolutely could say, yeah, we can let her kind of anchor us through that. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But we'll have plenty of opportunities for her to kind of, you know, you want a player to feel like they can fail and grow off of failure. And with a lot of teams and in the WNBA, there's a lot of pressure to never fail. And I think they have at least that runway for her to kind of grow from failure if that does happen. Maybe she doesn't fail the moment she gets there. She's just hitting every game winner. But I would assume that's also a pretty good landing spot for us. But budding young superstar to just immediately get a ton of opportunities. Oh, absolutely. And and look no further than Ari McDonald. Again, that was a player who a year ago led her team to the NCAA finals um, and then was shelved on a team that wanted to compete and, you know, obviously couldn't, but, you know, thought they were competitive for a while. Ari wasn't necessarily able to go through those growing pains on the court necessarily. She wasn't able to get those reps that, you know, she and Ryan are going to be able to get this year. Um, when we think of players who excelled in college, they so often can just be shelved on a WNBA roster, you know, and, and, you know, discarded a year or two later. And I think a situation in Atlanta where they're going to be able to grow the same way you have, you know, in college of freshmen grow, or, or you have, you know, these players who grow into great players, they often in their first year or two have those experiences on the court where they're able to grow from that. I think Atlanta was really the ideal situation for her, you know, Atlanta or Indiana. And she ends up going to Atlanta because of the trade. And as this Atlanta team, you in your kind of projections going into what was going to be training camp right after the draft, think Ryan's going to even be starting come the first game. Is that kind of, you know, I'm not sure what you've been able to hear out of training camp at that point or even see from their first game. I know that there was no TV broadcast or anything, but do you kind of still feel confident that you're going to probably see Ryan starting for this team this season? I would be surprised if she wasn't. I would be even more surprised if she wasn't closing games. But um, I would probably say, you know, Erica Wheeler, Tiffany Hayes, Cheyenne Parker, those are, you know, sure spots in the starting lineup. From there, it's, you know, competition between Ryan Howard, Nia Coffey, who, as much as I love her game, probably isn't starting at the three this year. Mm -hmm. Uh, Christy Wallace, who, again, we haven't seen much of. I think the Dream want to get Ryan reps immediately. And I, I... I would be shocked if she's not in the starting lineup, you know, a month into the season, if not on day one. Obviously, uh, there's definitely some overseas questions still to answer for this team. Tiffany Hayes is still overseas, which should only, I think, increase the likelihood that at least on that first night, Ryan's going to be starting right away for them, right? Yeah, I I would have to think so. Especially, again, I'm not entirely sure yet if Tiffany is going to be back for the first game or the, the second or third game, but... Um, if she's not back, I, Ryan has to be starting. Yeah. Well, if you, even though Spencer doesn't necessarily think so, if you truly believe in this Atlanta Dream Team and you think everything's going to click, you might want to decide to put a little money where it can go. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your betting stats and sports info. You can find all the latest sports development, some league reviews and news, including this year's NBA playoffs, the start of the Major League Baseball season, and on top of that, WNBA 2022 championship odds. If you do believe this Atlanta dream team is going to be the one that goes all the way and wins the title this year, you can go right now over to bet online and you can get some very favorable odds. The Atlanta dream as of this moment here, Wednesday, April 27th, you can bet on on them. If you just bet a single dollar, there's a chance you could win back more than $50. So make sure you head on over to bet online, bet online where the game starts. 
Now, if fans want to do that, Spencer, they can. I think would you would you reckon to tell people that that would maybe not be the wisest way to use even a dollar to think that the Atlanta Dream are going to win a championship this season? Yeah, I can think of maybe a thousand better ways to to spend a dollar. So, um, if you want to save any amount of money, you know, please listen to me and Alex, and maybe you know look to another team out there because I'm not sure that the Dream are necessarily even want to be you know championship contenders this season. I do want to ask you though, what are the things then we know that what will they'll want to see out of Ryan? They want to give her chances to fail. They want to give her chances to grow. What are some other things that you think the dream in a, in an ideal season will see from the group that they have? Right. I think that's a really important question. I think one of the more underrated aspects of the upcoming season is again, the growth that you see from Ari last season, she didn't really look like a quality WNBA player. And that's an entirely fair situation to be in, um, you know, considering the minutes she got and just, again, the drama on and off the court. Um, I think if you're Atlanta, you want to see Aerie continue to grow as a scorer. I think she shot around 15 or 16% from the mid-range, which is not a number that's WNBA ready. She didn't get to the rim at the same rate she did in college. In college, it was about 40%. Last year, it was about 20%, 21%. Um, you know, this is a player who, was a phenom in college. Um, she, she simply couldn't find her rhythm, uh, you know, in Atlanta on the ball, off the ball is, is certainly a place that she could grow, um, but she's someone you're going to want to grow. I, I think you're going to want to find out which of these players are in it for the long haul. Atlanta has a lot of players on one-year contracts. Um, you know, do you want to see Nia Coffey, Monique Billings, you know, back for, for more years, Erica Wheeler, is Tiffany Hayes someone who is going to continue to be, you know, a face of the franchise, a leader on this franchise, or is she someone who's going to want to say, okay, I've been in Atlanta my whole career. Let me go actually compete for a championship. Um, so you're going to want to figure out, you know, which of these pieces necessarily fit together and, and which of these pieces are in it for the long haul. Because again, the most important thing they can find out is, you know, what is our young core? Who's going to help us compete in, you know, 2024, 2025, not 2022. And they've taken a few chances on some people here, not just, by the way, in the draft and other moves. They did pick up off of waivers Megan Walker from the Phoenix Mercury, who is a player who was a first-round pick all of two years ago, but she has been let go by both teams that she's been with after one season. Now, Phoenix liked her. I actually know that for a fact, but they just needed to make some moves in order to clear the space for Diamond DeShields and Tina Charles, which I think you can say is a reasonably fair thing to do, but what's Phoenix's loss is Atlanta's game. And she's going to probably have a shot to at least prove, is she a WNBA capable player on this team? You mentioned Tiffany Hayes, Cheyenne Parker is going to be back after leaving from the pregnancy last season. She's actually the only player who has a guaranteed contract in 2023. I think it's safe to say that Ryan Howard and Ari McDonald probably will still be in Atlanta in 2023, but in terms of players who are guaranteed to be there, it's only Parker. What do you think kind of, from Parker in particular, as she comes back to the team, they're expecting out of her. Right. I, I think they are expecting quite a bit. I, I wasn't sure necessarily whether she was going to be someone who was even playing in the first half of the season this year, but you know, she played in the first preseason game. She looked good. Um, she looked WNBA ready. I, I think she's someone who they're going to really lean on, you know, to, to help, you know, first even develop that culture. Um, she had definitely, a positive impact on the, the locker room culture last season. That That's something I've reported on a little bit in the past, but, you know, she's someone who can help continue to build that because it, it's hard to build a good culture on a losing team. Um, 
And, and I think that that's something that she's going to be able to, you know, continue to do with, which is what she, you know, is trying to do. Um, beyond that, uh, you know, she is someone who has continually moved her game towards the perimeter. Uh, someone who, you know, obviously can can get it done in the post, but she's going to be relied on to score from the mid range and, and from deep, you know, open up the floor for, you know, players like Ari and, and players like Ryan who are trying to, you know, score inside and develop their game, you know, at, at all three levels. So I think that Cheyenne is a, a really important building block at the post, especially when, you know, you look at the, the way the team is going to score. I, I'm not necessarily sure that they're getting much offense anywhere else in the post. You know, Monique Billings, Kia Vaughn, Nia Coffey, Nas Hellman, these are names who, you know, can get it done inside, but, you know, historically, I'm not so sure that they can do what Cheyenne can. So she's a, she's a really underrated and important part of this roster. And as we kind of wrap up here, Spencer, as you look at what this Atlanta dream thing, it seems like the, there's two, like if we, you know, did like the too long, didn't read the TLDR here, the two things to look for are one, are they building a culture that seems like the players are sticking together and are kind of a cohesive unit, even if it maybe doesn't always translate to wins. And then it's the development, especially of Howard, but of their younger players like McDonald, like Nas Hillman, who they took in the second round. It, would that be kind of the thing that if you're an Atlanta fan who maybe thinks it could be a rough season, those are the two things to kind of be on the lookout for this year? I'd say absolutely it would be. When you look at this roster, you, you can't expect, frankly, more than 10 wins, more than 12 wins with this roster. You, you want to think about the long-term future. I think Ryan is going to give some incredible flashes that we didn't see from the team last year. She's going to inject energy. She's going to inject scoring into this roster. And frankly, she's going to inject hope, which the Dream have not had in quite a long time. So I think that, you know, again, if you want the the short, the quick breakdown on this roster, pay attention to what the young guns are doing, because I'm not sure that you're going to get much else from, you know, the older players on the roster in the, in the years ahead. But you are going to get you know, quite a bit from Ryan and potentially quite a bit from Aerie. Well, Spencer, thank you so much for coming to join us today. If you're watching our video, you can see Spencer's Twitter handle there. But if you can let people know, where can people find your work this season, whether it's with the next, with other places, or especially if they want to follow you on social media? Right. Uh, the best place to follow me is on Twitter uh, at, on, at Spencer Nussbaum underscore. Um, I try to not tweet uh, too often because I'm not very good at Twitter. But once the season starts, I'm on there all the time. Um, tweeting games, tweeting articles, things like that. Um, and definitely, again, follow us at The Next Hoops on Twitter. Uh, and that's about all I have to say today. Uh, make sure you're following our work. And I'm Alex Simon. You can find me at Alex Simon Sports from the Bay Area News Group. I still kind of hang around with The Next every so often, get to annoy some people like Spencer with some random WNBA questions here and there. But make sure you're keeping a follow at The Next Hoops for coverage of this WNBA season and so much more otherwise. Thank you everyone for joining us on this Wednesday afternoon, and we hope you have a lovely day. Thanks so much.